Time to get you set up for all the weekend's betting action across the sports world. It's BetQL Weekend, only on the BetQL Network. Coming to you from the classiest city in America, that, of course, is Boston. It is BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, an hour of weekend sports. we got to simmer it down here, folks. Jack Fritz, WIP, uh, joining me, Mike Matnansky from WEEI in Boston. A lot to get to on this weekend. We got some NFL to get to in the NFC. We got some Belmont Stakes picks to hand out after I handed out the exact trifecta uh, in the Preakness. I know you wanted to do the entire show on Belmont, Jack. We can't do that. There are other things to get to, including your Philadelphia Phillies baseball team, which keeps winning and you keep running. What's going on, buddy? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, And I hope that you can really just keep it classy during this during this entire uh, hour. I know it's hard for the city of Boston to keep it classy. I know you're the first fan base in the history of sports to to yell bleep something at a player or whatever. So, um, you know, I just I hope that you're able to, to keep your composure when we're talking about Warriors uh, Celtics here. Um, but I'm doing great. Uh, I hope that our viewing audience, I hope they don't look at my eyes and think, wow, he looks dead inside. I will say I have been running a lot. You know, I'm up, I ran seven miles today for seven straight wins for the Phils. I don't know why I keep doing this myself. I'm pretty much just sinking myself. Um, uh, I had never ran more than four miles until Monday. So uh, <laughs> things are going great over here. And, uh, hey, as long as they keep winning, I'll keep running. I have some questions about the bit. I've, I, we're going to get to it in segment number three because I have questions about how far you're willing to go. Uh, with your Phillies, who, to your credit, you said last week on this show, fire the manager, go on a run. They have not lost since. And again, I got to thank you. I immediately uh, bet them to make the playoffs at plus 235. So I'm feeling good about that. I also enjoy watching you run at Jack Fritz WIP on Twitter because you do your eyes. There's a deadish look to them for those watching on twitch.tv at BetQL. I feel like fatigue is setting in. But again, we'll get to how far you're willing to go for your Phillies coming up. Later on in the show, uh, people have listened to the show now for the last two months. They know our tape. Our, we tape this, so the schedule sometimes uh, the sports schedule affects what we can do. We are talking about Celtics and Warriors prior to Game Four. So for me to sit here and ask about what you like in Game Four, the series price props, it doesn't make sense because a large amount of people listen to this on Saturday afternoon. We also wear this on Friday nights, which again will be during uh, Game Four of the NBA Finals. So. Bigger picture question, Jack. You've seen now three games of this NBA Finals series. I think my biggest takeaway through three games, the Celtics are better. Steph Curry might be the best player, and that's debatable too, but the Celtics right now in these NBA Finals, they are the better team. And if they lose this Finals, and currently they're up two games to one, again, talking about this before game four, it'll be more about what they do in turnovers versus the Warriors. Do you agree that the Celtics are the better team through three games? Yeah, and, and frankly, I think if the Warriors do end up winning this series, it'll be the single most impressive feat uh, that they've done their, during their entire run. You know, the, the KD run, the KD titles are kind of Mickey Mouse. You know, I mean, congratulations, you 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 won with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Draymond, and Clay. Like, awesome! You should win. Um, the the first time they won, I'm pretty sure the entire Cavs team was banged up besides LeBron. So. Um, and, you know, everyone knows they, they blew a 3-1 lead to LeBron. So yep. them them being able to beat this Celtics team, you know, I had the feeling heading into the series that I just felt like the Celtics wouldn't be able to hang with the Warriors from a scoring perspective. I thought that the Warriors would just be able to outscore them, and I didn't know who was going to be taking shots for, for Boston. But 
I have just been ultra, ultra impressed with with Jalen Brown, who is a guy that I thought kind of shrunk away from big moments in the past. He is taking over uh, in some of these aspects. When when Tatum's down a little bit, it's like bang, there's Jalen Brown. He can kind of carry you for a couple minutes stretch there and, and keep you in game. So, um, but it's not just that. It it's like they are just suffocating the Warriors. And it's not like the Warriors were ever the most athletic team. They kind of beat you on execution and they beat you on uh, three-pointers and and just stretching your defense so thin that um, they can get to the hole and, and finish there. But, like, Draymond just looks so pedestrian in this series. Um, Clay, I'm at the point where it's like, should they move him this offseason? Because he can't, he can't move as well as he used to be able to. And then Jordan Poole, who I was all – Pool partied up. I really was. I, I, <laughs> I, I was throwing, I was throwing pool parties for days. I, I was, he was in all my same game parlays. I was having a one man pool party. Uh, and most likely the shirt was on in the pool because, you know, I, I, before I started running, it was, uh, it was not a great sight. Um, but he just looks so like average. It's just yeah. all of these great Warriors players look so average around the Celtics team. I think the Celtics are deeper. I think they're more athletic. And I think that, I mean, Jason Tatum's ascended to another level. It's not even that, though. It's like the whole total buy-in. It's super impressive. You got a good basketball team up there, Mott. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, you mentioned a lot of guys there. And specifically, I think Robert Williams has been a huge impact player in these first three games of the finals, especially in game three. Uh, he mentioned after game three, having to learn to play through injuries. He was hurt in the Bucs series, but has come back and been a huge impact player for them. Uh, they're just, and it's funny, the same thing has happened in all three, last three playoff series. The announcers at some point just say, Jack, well, the Celtics are just bigger and stronger than the Bucks, the Heat, and the Warriors. And that's the reality of it. They come at you with size and speed, and the Warriors have not been able to match it. The Celtic role players completely outplayed uh, the Warriors role players so far. Uh, Draymond Green mocked Derek White after game one, but they won that game. They stole that game with a 40-16 to fourth quarter because of their role players. And so far, the Golden State guys have not showed up. And it, it's funny. I'm with you. I think it'd be very impressive for the Warriors to win this. Again, we're talking before game four uh, on Friday afternoon. Uh, I also think, unless something really changes, I don't think Steph Curry is going to lose a lot in terms of his legacy, Jack, if they don't win this. Because at least through three games, it's sort of him and nobody else. Clay's had one good game out of three. As you said, Draymond's done nothing. I think Steve Kerr, who I want to talk about here in a minute, I think he has lost some luster, but like I think Steph is doing whatever he can. I just don't think he has the the running mates to battle with the Celtic team right now, like the guys you mentioned. Tatum has Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Derek White, Robert Williams, Al Horford, all guys who are pretty much outplaying the Warriors role players. Yeah, and if, if the Warriors are going to win this series, it's going to come down to to what Steph does. And, yeah. and last week, called him a front runner. Um, but there's you been did, a, <laughs> there's, there's been a lot of, you know, he's, he, he has kept this team in games where if he wasn't out there, they'd just be getting boat race, which is what, oh, yeah. you know, oh, one yeah. of the five best players in the sport should do. I mean, that's what, that's what truly great players, uh, would do. Um, and really it's the first time in my opinion, in his career where he's done that, you know, for a lot of his career, it's been the byproduct of everyone around him. This is really the first time where he's like, I got to be the best player in the court every night for us to even have a chance. It reminds me actually a lot of that first series with with LeBron and them, where it was like LeBron was was going for a triple double. And it's like, man, he just doesn't have enough. And that's yeah. it's wild to look at the Warriors and, and think they don't have enough because 
they do have a bunch of players. But when you match them up against the athleticism of the Celtics, it's like they just they just look average. They just look average all around. So um, I agree with you. You know, I think when I think what's frustrating is people will look back at the series and be like, oh, Steph lost the final, right? But if you actually look at it, it's like Steph was great. It was more. I think Draymond loses some luster in this series. I mean, the fact that yep. Jalen Brown just took him off the dribble the other night and was like fine. Um, I thought was was it was interesting. I think Clay loses a little bit um, just because he doesn't look explosive at all. Um, but I agree with you. I think Steph is kind of, you know, I think he's just. I think people are respecting what he's doing this series. And and, and get it. it's only three games, and so we'll see how the series plays out. Uh, we're talking before Game Four. I think Ime Udoka has outcoached Steve Kerr by a wide margin. You know, that for that game one, Jack, they 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 were the Celtics were down in that game on the road at Golden State, everything going the way of the Warriors. And Ime went to that small lineup with Al Horford and and Kerr just sat there and did nothing. He let the Celtics pick away at that Warriors team, go small against them, and win the quarter. NBA finals record 40 to 16. Now, again, the players get the most credit for that. But I give Ime a lot of credit. And then we found out game three, uh, when the Celtics were losing that uh, third quarter, again, as the Warriors continue to do these great third quarters and the Celtics stink in the third quarter, Ime Udoka uh, uh, reportedly, according to Steve Bullpett, who covers the Celtics for uh, heavy.com, reportedly said in the huddle at one point in the third quarter, will you guys stop playing like a-holes? And they responded after that. And Grant Williams said, we like Ime because he does that. And he's 42 years old. He has the respect of these players that have been in that Spurs championship team. Like, I, I, I feel like I, I had a different feeling of Steve Kerr coming in. I guess I respected him more. And now it feels like watching them, like, well, Steph Curry just really good. And I'm not sure what Steve Kerr does. So, as far as legacy goes in big picture, uh, I think Kerr has taken a knock through the early part of this series. And I think we'll look back and say a lot of their championships and their wins came on their talent, not on their coaching. Well, and and to your point, there's no real move that Steve Kerr can make that can kind of turn this around other than his players is playing well. You know, I mean, the it's when when they won the championship in, in the, their first championship, his big revelation was let's go small and let's let's have Andre play and have have uh, uh, Draymond play the five. So he doesn't really have that kind of uh, back pocket move, whereas Ime does. Now, uh, Ime Otoka is 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 not on my good side. Um, because in one of his smart Why moves, that? Uh, well, let me just lay this one out for you. Um, okay. I have never seen P- Peyton Pritchard miss a three in my entire life. Uh, <laughs> like, like I'm pretty sure he's shooting 100% from three. And uh, Ime, after Peyton Pritchard, again, 100% shooting from three in the first half, one for one, um, he benches him, <laughs> benches him in the entire second half up until four minutes left in the fourth. <laughs> And he puts him out there for a minute. You couldn't let him just run with the scrubs for 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 the last two minutes. It's Peyton Pritchard. He looks like a, a an Indiana high school guard. Um, yes, this is a this is a rant about a same game parlay loss. I haven't won one in God knows a month now. I think. Um, <laughs> and and I had Celtics minus three and a half. I had Peyton Pritchard two threes. I had Curry twenty five points, and I had Otto Porter two threes. If I hit. And Otto Porter, 2-3 bet. I deserve I deserve that parlay win. Buddy, we want to do this for the next hour? We can do this. I had Al Horford. I needed, I needed nine rebounds for a same-game parlay at a juicy 5-1. to one. He had eight. And they, the NBA took two rebounds away. NBA stats, 
They oh. took a rebound away at halftime. And they yep. still haven't. They, no one told me why. I've tweeted NBA stats. I want a full investigation. FBI, CIA, the little dog from Blue's Clues. Apparently his name is Blue's. Get him on it. Magna PI. Where did the rebounds go? As our Zach, our producer, saying, same pain parlay. Yep, that's me. So you want to sit here and complain about it, we can do that. How about the Celtics model here? How about win yes. or lose this series? I made the comment the last couple of days here with the young players they have and the young coach, Boston Celtics destination for a third star to join Brown and Tatum. Is it that enticing? Am I overrating what a win might be or what this run has meant for the Celtics as an NBA city? Yeah, it's interesting um, because when I look at the Celtics team, I'm like, well, what are they? And, like they have their one star, a pretty good second star. Like I think Jason, I think like, I think Tatum is a tier below Giannis, which is fine because Giannis is Giannis. And I think Brown's a little bit better than Middleton, you know? So like they're both kind of the, the, the same and they're both having the, the equal outcome or whatever. Sure. I just, they remind me a ton of that 04 Pistons team. Very similar, kind of have the one star. I think Tatum's better than anyone. What? That, what that are you talking Pistons. about? The 04 Pistons? Same team. With Chauncey Billups and Ben Wallace? Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. What are you talking about? They're a much better offensive team. What are you? <sighs> what? It's the same premise, though. They're not winning because they're offense. They're winning because they're defense. And Ben Wallace and Robert Williams are basically the same guy. Jason Tatum's have... like 30 points a game in the playoffs. What are you talking about? I understand, about? but it's more of a one-off championship. This isn't sustainable. It's like the, the NBA they is not turning. They have two young stars and a young coach. It's super sustainable. The NBA is not you're turning laughing. into a defense. You're, la you're laughing because you know you don't believe what you're saying. You're, you're trying to get after a classy Celtics fan like myself. Thank you, Steve Kerr. And you recognize you're an annoyed Phil a Philadelphia fan. The process is destroyed. They're going to re-sign James Harden for a billion dollars. And you look out at the Celtics in the standings. <laughs> Maybe, but like, but like, you can't sit. You can't sit here and tell me. You, you can't sit here and sit, tell me with a straight face that you think this is the precipice of a dynasty for the Boston Celtics. This is a this is a, a dynasty. Champion. No, so a, a dynasty is different than year in and year out. Like you are considered one of the top four or five teams in the NBA. Oh, that, yeah, that's, that's the what, Pistons that's for a while. They're, they are. They are right there. They are on that. They are right oh, there right now. Yes. But the Warriors, the Warriors dynasty right now is basically just what the Lakers dynasty was at that point, which was three rings. They were both all-time greats. This is what that Warriors team was. Just, listen, just, just, just admit it. This Celtics team is the 0-4 Pistons. I see zero comparison. Again, I'm trying. I would, I would love that. I would love that comparison. That was a tough team, a physical team. And by the way, that's that, such an – Thinking about that era of basketball as you brought them up, think how old that sounds now. I got oh, no offense. You could clutch and grab left and right. Like what a different era for the NBA in 2004. I agree. I agree. But hey, oh, give you, Mr. Big you, Shot, Mr. Big Shot, Chauncey Billups in today's league. And who knows? But, but, Him and Tatum could be similar. Uh, yeah, Celtics had Billups for a while. They got Billups and Mercer instead of Tim Duncan. We're still annoyed about it. I think you're wrong about the Celtics. I think you're right about the Warriors. They'd be a monster win if they're able to pull this thing out. Again, we are talking before game four, so please add in your own game four thoughts in this first <laughs> segment. Uh, we'll have a reaction next week, I'm sure, uh, to all things uh, Celtics and Warriors here uh, in the NBA Finals. Coming up, another edition of Dissecting the Divisions in the NFL. We'll go to the NFC. I called it Central earlier this week. It's the NFC North, where I want to bet my life against the Packers. That's next year, BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network.
Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Menansky and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Belmont Stakes Weekend. We'll get to the Belmont Stakes coming up. Jack Fritz, Mike Menansky, Jack Fritz WIP on Twitter. We'll get to his Twitter activity coming up in the next segment. People are concerned. Family are concerned for Jack's health. We'll explain that coming up. You can follow me for some really bad tweets at Mutt, M-U-T-W-E-E-I. We are taping this today, Jack, 90 days from the best opening day in sports, the National oh. Football League, right? We were doing so well, you know, you and I. I know we got into it last segment. It continued off the air. You know, we're lucky we're not in the same studio. Um, once again, opening day is strictly for Major League Baseball. That is the term it's used on major league baseball opening weekend is what i would call the nfl um because it's a weekend you got thursday you got for a sunday that's it you got monday doubleheader on monday it's an opening weekend it's not opening day what opening what, day is what day do you get more, more importantly what I, this is going to say a lot about you what day do you get more excited for that first sunday in the nfl season or the first opening day for the phils oh opening day for the phils no doubt you're an idiot it. you're just so dumb i mean honestly you're just Oh, he's so simple, folks. Now, uh, I'm focused on the NFL. We have 90 days to go. We've gone through the divisions, AFC East, NFC East. We go to the NFC North. We'll start with the favorite. That is the Packers, a minus 170 favorite to win this division. Their team total is 10 and a half. They're minus 410 to make the postseason. 5-1 to one to win the NFC, 12-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Imagine betting the Packers, this Packer team, to win the Super Bowl at 12-1. to one. That seems like the worst bet in the history of football. Yeah, you're just flushing money down the drain. I mean, there's just there's no point. Like, I'm sorry. Like, there's just there's just no point in taking it. Uh, the NFL, more than ever in its entire history, is about weapons, weapons, weapons. You know, obviously having a quarterback is important. Offensive line, uh, we could use the old adage there, Mutt, that games are won and lost in the trenches. Yeah, and, yeah football, 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 football. Um, but no, it's not. Like, I think it's still important, but you need – real weapons to win in in today's nfl and it's like honestly quarterback pass rush weapons bang i'll, I'll go win super bowls um it's just who is he throwing to like who who is aaron Rodgers number one wide receiver now um and if, right now if, it, right now it's on paper it's al lazard number one so the, the right i mean again unless i'm missing a guy here unless someone emerges lazard cobb amari rogers big bob tanya those four guys, Aaron, Aaron Jones out of the backfield. That that's his group. Yeah, like they're gonna they're gonna run the ball. I guess you know. I guess like, I think they'll probably have to do that. Sammy, oh, Sammy Watkins. Watkins. Yeah, Sammy oh, Watkins. They got, hey, they added a top ten pick to the team this year, so you got to factor that into their when you're talking about that's their true. weapons. Sammy, Sammy Watkins, who's cost me thousands of dollars in daily fantasy over the last five years. That is a fact. Yeah, no, it's just um, you know, I I don't understand how they're supposed to 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 beat these teams in the NFC. When I don't know how they keep up with them. I mean, they scored like Aaron Rodgers scored 10 points at home in a playoff game last year with Devontae Adams. So, you know, we all know games are different in the playoffs. It's just, I, I don't see it. I think Aaron Rodgers is great. I, I, I think that him taking that contract, I know they could have kept whatever Devontae Adams on it, but him taking that contract is eventually going to hurt their ability to get other players around him. And uh, they lost some key pieces on defense. Like, it's just, I, I don't see the Packers thing happening. They also lost a, a good amount of, of um, you know, coaches from the offensive side of the ball. Yep. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, Hackett left. I think the quarterback left, quarterback coach left and went to Chicago. So um, 
it's just a big purge up there in, in Packer land. And I think they're going to need to replenish here in the next couple of years. It seems obvious, but I mean, I, I, I would love to take a peek at what their odds are to not make the playoffs. You know, I get, I get that they have the, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but he seems frustrated already. And you mentioned the contract thing. Do you get the sense, Jack, that he signed that deal knowing Devontae Adams was gone? Or did he think that Devontae Adams is going to be there? Because if he thought Adams is going to play there, and I guess there's some conflicting reports, like he's going to be annoyed during the year. Like he goes on Pat McAfee once a week and bitches about his team. Like, isn't he going to do that in week four when Randall Cobb gets hurt and Lazard stinks? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, they could probably sign Jordy Nelson out of retirement and, and add him in and see if see see how he would be. Um, but I mean, it, it's kind of the difference between Rodgers and Brady. Like honestly, this is the 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 direct thing where Brady for years took less money, even took less money in Tampa a little bit um, to, to keep good players around him. And I think he signed a contract with the idea that Devontae Adams was leaving and that made him want the most money regardless. So, um, yeah. you know, I understand that there were some cap things that could have created an, an ability to keep Devontae Adams. That's fine. But um, I just think that that's going to be something that is going to haunt that team for, for a good amount of time now. Um, yeah. And it's very, very like, I, I want to honestly, I want to see Rogers win another Super Bowl. I just, I think by signing that contract, they pretty much uh, closed the window on it. Yeah, again, they could make a move at wide receiver, I guess, between now and the season. But they they are very hard to back given their current setup. And like you said, we agree about the state of the NFL. It's about quarterbacks, about receivers, and they are lacking that talent. Maybe they just go with the running game there, you know, with with uh, Jones and Dylan. They just try to pound the football. I guess they could do that, but uh, I don't think that's a way to win a championship. Maybe they win the division, but it's not a Super Bowl winning team, especially at twelve to one. The team looks really juicy. Is the second choice. In the division, that is the Vikings, plus 280 to win the division, eight and a half win total, even money to make the playoffs, 21 in the NFC, 41 in the Super Bowl. They did what smart teams are doing now. They're hiring offensive coaches. Kevin O'Connell, the former Patriots quarterback, they drafted him. He's turned into like the junior McVay, I guess. He's got loaded talent there to work with in terms of the receiving core. He's got a great running back in Dalvin Cook. They added Hicks in the offseason. You mentioned Packers defections. Zedaria Smith goes from Green Bay to uh, the Minnesota defense, like they look like the legitimate uh, threat to Green Bay in that division and almost three to one feels like a very fair price. Yeah. And I, I think I'm going to bet them to win the division, frankly. Um, I, I, I just because I think the odds are good. You know, I think they're I think they're fine odds. I've frankly have no interest in, in, in betting the Packers at minus 170. So yeah. I might as well take a shot on the Vikings. And it's so funny because if you just if you just put Kirk Cousins stats out there and didn't put a name on it, It'd be like, wow, this guy's like a top 10 quarterback in the league because it's like almost yeah. 5,000 yards every year. It's 30 plus touchdowns. Um, and but no one trusts him in big games, and that's perfectly fine. I mean, I think he won his first Monday night football game ever last year. Um, <laughs> like primetime Kirk is 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 something to to definitely bet against. And the Vikings will ultimately let down their fans because that's kind of what the Vikings do, is that they just they they just um you know annoy their fan base to the to the umph degree. But um I, I just think that the Vikings, you get an offensive coach in there um, off of going from Mike Zimmer to that. Like, I think Mike Zimmer Great is just point. a dinosaur, like a dinosaur yeah. in today's NFL. You know, I think he's still a fine defensive coach, but who cares? <laughs> like, really, who cares anymore? So 
you know, you add in O'Connell, who's supposed to be a good offensive mind. He has a ton of talent at his disposal. I mean, Thielen's been one of my favorite fantasy guys the last couple of years because I just felt like it's every game, 100 yards, a touchdown. You pretty much take that to the bank. Jefferson's obviously taken them to another level. Um, and Dalvin Cook is still a, a, a rushing title guy if he, if he stays healthy. So um, I think the Vikings are a good pick to win the division here. I think they'll let their fan base down if they make the playoffs. But in the regular season, I think there's good value in taking the Vikings. It's funny because you mentioned Jefferson, right? And he's a, a fan favorite. He should be. He's electric. Put him on that list, Jack. We talked about these guys. Like Steph Diggs in Buffalo shows up and the offense changes. Jamar Chase shows up and, and reignites with T. Higgins and Joe Burrow, the Cleveland offense. Jefferson, I feel like, even more than Dalvin Cook in the backfield, did that in Minnesota. I think there's a, a, there's a, a lot of evidence at this point where you get that legit number one elite front-end receiver talent uh, and your offense changes. Why I think your Philadelphia Eagles adding AJ Brown, I put him in that category, might take a major leap forward. It's why my Patriots are nowhere close to doing that because their big acquisition in the offseason was Devontae Parker. He's not in that group. And so uh, we agree, unfortunately, on this. There's no real argument. We like the Vikings, we like their offense. It would not shock me if they upend uh, the Packers there in the division at plus 280. And even money to make the playoffs, I'd probably be interested uh, in that as well. Uh, the fight in Dan Campbell's, the Detroit Lions, uh, 850 plus 850 to win the division, to win uh, the Super Bowl. They'll be on hard knocks this offseason, which I cannot freaking wait to watch the Goff, the Goff and Campbell show. I've not watched hard knocks in a while. I'll be invested in this thing. Uh, interesting on paper, but, I mean, no real threat in the NFC. How about their win total, six and a half, and your thoughts on the Lions? Yeah, so um, this will be the first time Jared Goff is on Hard Knock since he didn't know which uh, side of the country the, the sun rose on, which, is, <laughs> which at that moment, I'm pretty sure everyone was like, oh, this guy's not going to be very good, is he? Um, what, a, what a quote. Uh, Dan Campbell on Hard Knocks is going to be incredible. Uh, how many... Yeah. I, I don't want to throw an impromptu over under at you, but uh, sure. how many times, how many times does he cry during hard knocks? Do we get over two and a half tiers? I was going to set the line at one and a half. So if two, yeah. if, I guess that's the over it's at least there's two, there's two times he's crying. He's crying yeah. twice. Once being at camp, the tears come and then got what a, what a camp. It, yeah. It's at least twice. So I yeah, under and, two and a half over one and a half. Yeah, if I could, if I could place a lock on anything of hard knocks, Dan Campbell cries as he's uh, leading oh, yeah. the team out there for the first for the first practice. Like <laughs> this means a lot to us, and we're gonna go out there. We're gonna fight some my favorite, cats. By the way, my favorite hard knocks moment, and I'm probably a loser remembering this. That they had the uh, I think it was the Chiefs with Herm Edwards at one point, and Herm when they the, they showed up at camp, this dude took markers and like uh, not construction paper, poster board. And made like a welcome to camp sign and held it outside to the players on the bus like it was a summer camp. I'm like, this is yeah. not going to work. But I, I digress. Go ahead. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, the li the Lions are frisky, man. I I know Ooh. it's Dan Campbell. Ooh. Um, they covered in 11 games last year. Like they had a a good cover rate. I felt like they were in a lot of games. I mean, remember the Baltimore game where Tucker hit like a 60 some yarder, yeah. um, to to win that game. Um, they won three out of their last four at the end of the year. Um, they added DJ Chark this offseason. They added Jameson Williams. So, um, and they stole one of the Packers receivers. So, you know, they're at least are investing in some kind of weapons out there, um, which is good because, I mean, you have Jared Goff and it, it should kind of keep them in, in contention to, to draft a quarterback in next year's draft. But, um, you know, you add Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Hutchinson to them as well. It's a good, you know, homegrown defensive piece. Pretty sick, yeah. I, I, I like their over. 
And I do think I would, if I was betting, I would put a little bit on them to make the playoffs to plus 360. Like, I think, wow. I think they're, I think they're frisky. And I like what Dan Campbell's doing out there. He has to change a really negative culture, um, which is a hard thing to do. And, and frankly, from an Eagles perspective, I think a lot of people here are, are overlooking the Lions heading into week one, just because, you know, I think Campbell's going to have that team ready to go. It's a home opener. And, and I, I think if I was looking at it now, I would probably take the Lions money line on opening day, just because I think they're going to kind of catch the Eagles a little bit slipping. Uh, folks, he just gave you a leak week one pick here on BetQL weekend. That's why we're here. Uh, I don't think they're as frisky as you do, but I'm interested. And I'll be watching them in hard knocks this year. Uh, Deandre Swift, as far as, uh, the fantasy football goes this year, uh, I do in sort of, uh, uh, best ball draft, stuff like that. Uh, a lot of good talk about Deandre Swift and what he might do in Detroit. I'm interested in him, uh, for fantasy heading into next year. I want to like the line. I love the bears, excuse me, plus nine fifty to win the division six and a half total. Plus 360, so same playoff odds as the Lions. Again, 55 to 1 and 101, so very similar odds there uh, for Super Bowl and for the NFC. It just, they feel like the Giants. We talked about the Giants a couple weeks ago. It feels like this is going to be sort of the prep year for next year. New coach, new GM, kind of a reset with Everflu stepping in. I want to like Justin Fields. I want to, I, I like the, I, I like the Bears as a franchise. Like as an NFC, an AFC guy, I like the Bears being good. But they feel a year away to me, and I, I don't have a great read on, you know, other than Matt Nagy out being a plus for Justin Fields, uh, I don't have a great read on what they're going to look like this year or if they're treating it like uh, almost a bridge year for next year, Jack. The difference between the Giants and the Bears to me is that the Bears made a colossal mistake uh, hiring a defensive head coach. Like, I just – what's the point? A good you, point. Have a, yeah. you have a quarterback in his second year that is – really talented. There was a lot of talk last year that he should have been the second quarterback taken in that draft. Obviously Zach Wilson did. He slipped to 11. Why are you taking, why are you putting a defensive head coach with him and then bringing in like the Packers offensive or the quarterbacks coach, you know, like what, what is he really teaching Andy Reed or teaching uh, Aaron Rodgers? Now, Andy Reed was at one point, the um, quarterback coach for the, the Packers turned out to be a great head coach here. The rest is history. I just don't like the idea that you have a quarterback in the second year that needs growth that you could possibly ruin if you don't, um, much like Daniel Jones and Joe Judge in New York. Yeah. I don't like the idea of let's give him a, de a defensive coach. And it feels like they're catering to the old school Chicago Bears. We're going to build a great defense thing. Like Name one quarterback that has succeeded in their time in, in Chicago, and you can't Maybe name one. Like, oh, yeah, they, they're just like they're just they're it's, they've never had one even like Jim McMahon or whatever was just fine um so I just I hate that they saddled a talented quarterback with a a defensive first head coach so I, I'm selling stock on the Bears I would take their under of six and a half uh, I'll also point out that uh, they had a practice shut down this week because they had too much contact so typical like oh. defensive coach we're gonna hit we're oh. gonna hit we're gonna hit get the pads on uh, put the pads on, snot bubble, seat at the table, all that crap. Uh, it's a good point. I get it's what I say. I want to root for them. I want to root for Justin Fields in that offense. Uh, but it's tough to do given their setup there. So uh, I, you're you're on the Lions being frisky. We're both on the Vikings maybe winning the division. We're both against the Green Bay Packers. That is the NFC North version of dissecting the divisions. Coming up, Jack Fritz is running miles for his baseball team. And I'll try to recreate our magic from the Preakness with the Belmont Stakes. All ahead on BetQL Weekend, it's the BetQL Network.
Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Menansky and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. Home stretch BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network. Mutt and Fritz here with you. We'll get to the Belmont Stakes and try to give you a winner or two uh, on the Belmont card. I got three picks. Jackson, let me do three picks today on the show. It's very nice of him. But but we start this final segment uh, with the biggest news in the, in the world. That is the Philadelphia Phillies have not lost since last week. You celebrated the firing of Joe Girardi. You clapped at a man losing his job, which I find very unclassy. He's a classy Boston fan, Steve Kerr. I think that's very unclassy to celebrate a man losing his job. But since then, Rob Thompson has come in. Robbie Thompson? Rob Thompson? No, it's Rob Thompson. Robbie Rob Thompson, Thompson was an old uh, old giant second, second baseman. Yeah, shot her around the world. Yeah, I, I was alive then. I'm an old man. So you were still uh, not born yet. But Rob Thompson in. Phillies aren't losing. More importantly, so you've started doing this thing, and people are not following Jack on Twitter. Jack Fritz WIP. For winning streaks the Phillies have gone on, you're running a mile for each one. As of Friday, they won seven in a row. You ran seven miles this morning. Why you're doing this, this is really dumb. You're probably going to die. I'm looking at your eyes right now on twitch.tv betql. You look sickly right now, as my mom would say. And how far are you willing to go for this? When is going to be the cutoff of I'm not going to run any more miles? My body can't take it anymore. Yeah, it's it's been a question I've been fielding a lot down here because, um, like you, many people are, are are worried for my health. Although many people thought I couldn't do seven miles, and I will say I was out there this morning. I got done. And I was like, you know, it's fine. I sat down, and then I stood up, and I felt like I could barely walk. So, you know. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> other than that, um, everything's fine. No, it's uh, yeah. So I got a lot of bits, Mutt. You know, I, I'm kind of a bit guy. Um, you know, I have, you know, Miller lights for Phil's wins. You know, that's just that's a, one of my bits. And then last year, I know we weren't friends by this point, um, but I did something. So I just started running last year, and okay. I used to think it was like a big accomplishment if I did my mile and a half loop. Um, and so I used to do a thing where, where it was like, oh, Phil's have won three straight. I've also run three straight mile and a half loops. Coincidence. I think not hashtag run for its run. And then they got on an eight game winning streak and I kept doing it and the Phillies would keep winning. So people thought I was superstitious. So there's a lot of people this year early that were like, Hey, we need you to start running. So, um, you know, we can kind of get the team back, but I don't like doubling down on bits. You know, I like kind of creating new ways. Yeah, you're, into... you're a content guy. You're a content guy. Yeah. Right. So, like yeah, right. long ago before we were friends again, um, I did a thing called Harper Lent where I gave up something I loved um, so that so, so that Bryce Harper would sign with the Phillies. So I didn't drink <laughs> beer. For, I, I didn't drink beer for like 60 plus days, which was a terrible decision um, because I love beer. And um, and uh, I thought he was going to sign soon. Turns out it was like another two months. So whatever. But it's all for content, all for bits. So this year I finally figured out, like I'd gotten up to three miles every day. I was running three miles and then, you know, the Phil's won the fourth straight and I, I ran four miles and I was like, uh Oh, here we go. Like here it is again. Um, and I started posting about it and started doing videos and, um, here we are, we are, we are, we are up to seven miles for seven straight wins by the Phil's. And, um, I'm willing to go up to 10, like, I just, I don't think I can do more than 10. That's when's a there, lot. When, I, I don't want to jinx it because they'll play Friday after we talk here. But w- when is their next off day? 
Oh, like June twentieth. So it's oh. it's, it's <laughs> yeah. No, it, this could this could be a disaster. Honestly, like like I'll try. You know, I'm not one to give up. You know, I don't like letting my listeners down, my people down. Um, so I'll get out there and I'll try, but I don't know if I can do more than ten miles now. If I get a few days of recovery, my body gets adjusted to it. Maybe like, like my six miles yesterday was damn near impossible. I don't know. Like I got out a little later and I was huffing and puffing. Um, but today actually wasn't bad. So maybe my body's getting adjusted to it. So um, I'm excited though. It's, it's a good time to be a Phil's fan. Um, you know, like I just, I kept going back to, I thought this team was way too talented to, to, to be kept down much like your Red Sox. I mean, our teams are pretty yeah. much built the same um where we, we both have loaded offenses our bullpens are both very shaky uh and our starting staffs are fine like i, I think i like the philly starting staff more you know i think we have you know two real aces whereas like the red sox don't really like i think like who's your ace right now Avaldi. uh yeah they don't have an ace the red sox do not have an ace pitcher yeah i mean I, my, by by the numbers michael walk is their best pitcher Oh, right. He's got an ERA under two. He's been unbelievable. He's a great signing for High and Bloom. But, you know, it's it's how it is in baseball now. The, the starting pitching has been completely, you know, uh, I won't say mismanaged, but they don't care anymore. It's not it's not as important. It's about the bullpen and guys who throw 90, which certainly helps. And, and offensive teams helps the Phillies, helps the Red Sox. So you'll go up to 10 miles. What if they, what's the 11th win look like? People need to know, like, what is it? Do you, do you just do 10 again each day is 10 your max? Are you doing this the rest of the year? Like what people need to know what your plan is for the season. Cause you need to get them to the playoffs now. Cause you made me bet on them to make the playoffs. So now we need them to be a playoff team. So how are you going to help us get there? So, um, you know, my, my team back here, we're currently working through, uh, how we're going to go about this. You know, we're going <laughs> to, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna try and figure it out. Um, but like, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. If I do 10, if I get to 10 and I do 10 miles um, and I feel good, I feel fine. Like, I don't think I'm on the impending doom here, right? Because I I love the Phils. I would die for this baseball team, but I don't really want to die for them. Um, but I will say, like, last year, I did run a mile outside our studio in 113-degree weather in under eight minutes. So if I can do that when I was nice. in way worse shape, nice. I, I was in terrible shape. Well, I was in okay shape. I'm in much better shape now. If I do 10 and I feel fine. I'm willing to keep going. My big problem is, Mutt, is like, it's, I'm going to have to start this at like five in the morning so that I can be ready for the show. Because like today, seven miles took me an hour and eight minutes. I, I do have a, a job to do. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I leave for work every day around like 930. So uh, I, I lay out the show in the morning. So, you know, I, I think I'll go to 10 and, and play it by year after that. Um, but yes, the, the entire city of Philadelphia would be very disappointed if I don't keep going. So ultimately I'll probably just get bullied into doing more, which is perfectly fine because whatever, that means people care. And that's all I care about. Again, for those who don't know, Jack Fritz, WIP on Twitter, Mark, uh, Marks and Reese afternoons on WIP. Here's how I know people have caught along. There are other sports media people now in Philadelphia doing the same thing you're doing. They're, they're basically jumping on your bandwagon. So you've created this, this cult. I feel like at some point, when Rocky has all the people running with him in Philly and they, they all celebrate, there's going to be a run for its run, like 5k. That should be, you should be planning that here's free content for you. Run for its run 5k some weekend morning in Philadelphia, watch all the Phillies fans show up and run with you. There you go. Free content. You're welcome. Yeah, no, I, I, I legitimately think they would. Maybe I can get it down I do too. At, at, at CBP, you know, have them joining and uh, you know, 
it's 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 fun you know uh, honestly like honestly my like baseball coverage has frust- frustrated me a lot in the past and I, I i like trying to make it fun because i think it's been so boring for, oh, yeah. for most for most of my uh my life so um the run the run for its run 5k although i did my first 10k today which was a lot like that like that was because you talk if you again we just bet but if you told me five years ago i'd be running i used to make fun of people that ran like i, I used to make fun of the 13.1 or the 26.2 uh bumper stickers, stickers like, yeah. I, I, i'm dangerously close to being that guy you know well, but I, it's all about this- it's all about having a growth mindset it's all about getting better one day at a time and uh that's what we're doing so i'm drinking miller lights and i'm running miles to get this Phillies team to the playoffs and win you some money pal Again, not to make it about me, but we found out recently you and I are both uh, super fans of the greatest country music artist ever, Eric Church. I just started running last year, too. I remember I ran my first 5K on Thanksgiving. And now I'm consistently running. See, there there you go. So I'm committing to this, okay? If they they ever win 20 in a row, I will drive to Philadelphia and and run something. It might not be 20 miles, but I will drive to Philly and and run. If there's a a run for its run 5K... (laughs) On a weekend where I can make it, I'm committed to going to that. That's as far as I go for the Phillies. That's all. Mutt, if 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 they sure. win, if they win 20 games, I just I will not know what to do with myself. I'm being very <laughs> honest. I I, okay. I will need that off day terribly. Yeah, um, that's coming but... in June. So uh, <laughs> hashtag hashtag Run Fitz Run on Twitter. Jack Fritz WIP. And I have a reason to root for the Phillies tonight, folks. You're listening in Chicago at the headquarters of BetQL or in Boston. You can now root for the Phillies every single night. It's funny you mentioned a mile and a half as being sort of your go-to because the three-year-old boys this weekend in the Belmont Stakes, guess how long they're running? Mile and a half. Wow. Mile and a half. How about wow. that? Wow. Uh, you go quickly. You have a vibes pick for the people. You What you do, Jack, is look at the names. I look at the racing forms. I'm a degenerate. Uh, you're, you look at the names. What's the vibe name? Then I'll give you my breakdown of the Belmont Stakes. All right. Let me, let me do the one that's going to come in last first, okay? Uh, that is Golden Glider. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's a last place name. Um, yep. Any anyone that, that I, any horse that refers to themselves in the third person, um, I'm going to I'm going to bet against. <laughs> uh, you can't call yourself a golden glider. Also, I'm very disappointed. There's no epicenter, so I can c- continue to call him a choker. Um, the horse has no idea how to win, which is disappointing. But the the vibes, Jack Fritz name test pick for the Belmont Stakes is. Barber Road. Really? Barber Road is my wow. name to win the Belmont Stakes. Okay. Well, he, he, he's going to run well, but the Vibes horse in the winner is the number one horse, We the People. People are going to bet the Belmont Stakes this weekend. You, they're going to want to bet a closer. You don't want to bet closer in the Belmont Stakes. In the last 10 Belmont Stakes, the winner has been within th- at least three lengths in all 10 of those by an average of three lengths. Uh, the, actually, the average margin, they're actually usually winning and a mile. You want a speed horse, and on paper, we the people, the number one horse, which is an absolute vibes name, out of the sire constitution, they named him we the people. Amazing that a guy from Philadelphia doesn't want to bet we the people. He is going to go wire to wire in this race. He's going to have early speed. Flavian Pratt, a great young jockey aboard. There is no early pace to contend with him. He just won the Peter Pan uh, at Belmont, uh, the prep for this race. I, if there was any other speed in here, I bet against him. I am betting we the people, the one horse, and I'm betting the Philly, the Philly nest to run second with creative minister third. It's one, three, five, but it's we, the people for Philadelphia, for Boston, for the constitution, for John Adams, for hashtag run Fritz run. 
We the people in the Belmont Stakes. I know he's the favorite, but he's going to win. I'm sorry. We're going to win this. Wow. Um, honestly, you mentioned a Philly there for a second. I got a little excited. I didn't know that Bryce was running in it. Um, no, no. A, a Philly is a female horse, you dummy. Jeez, you're so stupid. You really are. It's all baseball with you. One, three, five. One, three, five in the Belmont Stakes. If you want more Belmont analysis, I'll have other picks for the races. Mutt, W-E-E-I on Twitter. We're out of time. Spent so much time talking about Jack running miles for the stupid Phillies. We're going to lose on Friday night now. We've jinxed them completely. They're going to lose on Friday. We just confirmed. Sorry. Yeah, listen, probably. And uh, if, if listen, listen, listen to Mutt when it comes to betting on horses, because that was like way too detailed analysis. For and bet, bet QL Boston will have picks on the weekend as well. Jack, have a great weekend. You folks have a great weekend as well. Zach and all our great producers here at Bet QL. We are back next week. If Jack's alive after all these miles, BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network. See you.